Oh, the buzzing of the bees and the cigarette trees, the soda water fountain, where the lemonade springs and the bluebird sings in that big rock candy mountain. On a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a hiking. Down a shady lane near the sugar cane, he was looking for his liking. As he strolled along, he sung a song of a land of milk and honey, where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. Oh, and now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet. Radio broadcast. Boeuf bourguignon. French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. It's a perfectly delicious dish. So we could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case, we're fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. Now we want to get our pan hot and we're going to saute it in this first until it's brown and then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. Now this is going to go in a 325 oven and it should cook very, very slowly, just at the bare simmer. And once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling, you don't have to look at it anymore. Then all let the soft grain out, and then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. Listeners, welcome to Eat It and Beat It on the Two True Freaks Network. I'm your chambermaid, Sooty Bottoms. My pillows are fluffed and ready for your face. Hello, and welcome to Eat It a podcast about food it's half of a podcast actually i am bud r finger and i am here with hip-hop artist oh famous i shouldn't even probably introduce him because you'll know as soon as you you hear his voice but i'll do it just just for the record uh hip-hop artist busta nougat word word to your mother (laughs) 
And we're back. And uh, this month's topic is going to be candy. And I'm sure we'll return to candy because there's all sorts of like branches off this candy tree that we can go off. But but this is specifically a specific show on candy, candy memories, candy history. Uh, and I'm going to start it off by, by asking you. Uh, now, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that you don't have a big sweet tooth, do you? No, I don't. You don't? I, it, it, I'll, sometimes I will for a little while, but for the most part, no. I like sweet stuff a lot, and I definitely like. I'm. I. I like. If I eat a meal, I crave sugar. I sh- crave dessert. It's just a habit, you know, to eat dessert after dinner. So like. So usually after eating something savory, I want to eat something sweet. But I'm not a like. You know, stock up on on you know carry candy bars around with me or you know suck it on lifesavers during the day for some reason. Yeah, I'm the exact opposite. I if I eat a piece of chocolate, I get this. I could just I have to have more, and it it's it's just like a drug for me, and that is one of the reasons why I don't keep any sweets or nothing in the house because i know that if it's here i'm just going to tear into it and i'm going to eat it so it's best for me you know to to keep it away and have it be an you know the occasional treat but i do love candy and i love candy bars and anything chocolate chocolate is what is what i go to when uh when i think candy uh and and you not being a candy, you know, having a sweet tooth. What what do you go for when 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 you want something sweet? Well, it's usually has chocolate in it. Chocolate does affect me like a drug too. Like especially you know, as when you start getting into the darker chocolates, that you know, it's it's almost like when you drink like well, I don't drink coffee, but you're drinking something caffeinated, and you know you get that you you take the first drink and you're just like, ooh, that's the stuff. Yeah. I get that. I, I can get that with chocolate. You know, with it it it, it drops endorphins instantly. Well, it um, may go back to sugar. Would the same thing happen to you with dark chocolate? The darker the chocolate, the more it happens. Yeah. I, I'm like a dark chocolate bar is more likely to trigger that response than say like you know a Hershey bar or a, a Milky Way or something like that. Well, sugar is an interesting sweeteners are, are an interesting uh, branch. If you're going to go back to the history of candies, you have to look at sweets uh, before sugar as we know it. The only really the, the sweeteners that people used were basically fig syrup and honey, of course, and and these were their sweeteners. They would you know honey was very important and date oil, date uh, syrups, and this is how you sweeten your food. And then they found out that you can get sugar from certain canes that were growing and beets and then you know your refined sugars were made and that is when you know 
people took it to a different level. <clears throat> and the first, the first candy, if you're gonna look go go way back, was probably was probably uh, chicle, which was the the sap from the rubber tree that that people would chew. Uh, didn't have much flavor, but uh, you might not even call it candy, I guess, because it wasn't sweet. But uh, the first candies were in, in in the Americas were like like rock candy, hard sugar candy, and this goes to Europe, of course, too. Hard sugar candy that spearmint was added to peppermint. And it had a medicinal purpose, basically, when it first came out. That the, these candies were supposed to be to help you digest your food. They were good for you. And later on, we got into, uh, with the discovery of the New World, chocolate, which was the Aztecs, of course, and the uh, Mesoamericans that had the cacao bean. Uh, it was their, their one of their main sources of of uh you know if you had to be a king to 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 drink it you couldn't you couldn't if a commoner drank it they'd kill him the beans were used as money uh and that's where we first got our taste of chocolate but yeah to me chocolate is king for sweets yeah i'm sure we're gonna do a whole episode on chocolate because chocolate to me even extends beyond um sweet stuff Oh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of like use bitter uses for chocolate too. So, oh, it's... but like yeah, if I look at my list of favorite candies, most of them have some chocolate going on in them. You know, they're a chocolate bar. Yeah, most of mine do too. And you know, chocolate has gone through so many different uh, phases. I mean, at first, you know, with the Spanish, would when they got to the New World. You wouldn't even recognize or the, the way the Aztecs prepared it. They drank it, but it had you know hot chilies in it, and it was think more like coffee, and and it was a drink. And then it was later on that it got back to Europe, and it was uh, they they processed it into they were able to take the cocoa butter and make chocolate, grind it, and make chocolate as we know it. And then the Swiss added milk to it to kind of take the bitter edge off of it and then we have milk chocolate which to me is yeah i love dark chocolate i love all chocolate but good chocolate is like a fine pairing you could drink a good chocolate with a wine and it just it tastes with a red wine it tastes perfect i've had chocolate from brussels and it is incredible incredible i just love it if i can get my hands on it but let me hear some of your um some of your candy bars and uh specific candy memories because i know you've got some good ones and i'll bet your list and my list are probably very very uh much the same yeah we'll see we'll see but like also you were brought up west coast and i was brought up east coast there's like one specific thing on my list that I had to have mailed to me from, from the the West Coast. Or actually, there's two things to come to think of it. What is it? Um, I'm dying. Those are jelly, jelly Bellies. Oh, Jelly Bellies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My aunt would send us jelly uh, packages year, like twice a year. You know, and, you know, to my parents and uh, my mom would send her Grandma Brown's beans from the North Country. 
and she would send the, the kids uh, jelly bellies and pop rocks. You couldn't get jelly bellies and pop rocks? We can now, but we couldn't then. I toured, I have toured the jelly belly factory. It's it's not really like Willy Wonka, but you go on the tour and you watch it, and it's pretty incredible. And you expect at the end of the tour that you're gonna get like a bunch of jelly bellies, and but you don't. You get you get one here, one there, one there, and they're kind of real stingy on how many jelly bellies they give you. But you do have the opportunity to buy the jelly bellies that did not pass inspection at the end in a big in a bag, and. Uh, they're all different kinds of flavors, but you can get them cheap. But I can imagine that for someone that had never, they had flavors that were like buttered popcorn, mm-hmm. uh, just it, just fun stuff that if you weren't used to it, uh, it would be pretty neat. I mean, we had them. You know, I my, my aunt would send them to us packaged like drugs. <laughs> so we would have, you know, we'd have a little, little Ziploc baggie full of, of buttered popcorn and and a little the like the the most I think the most prized one between my sister and I and I don't think they make them quite with the quality that they used to when it was sort of like a micro brew type of thing were the watermelon ones because the watermelon ones you know you know sometimes they'll have a di- depending on the flavor they'll have a different color coating than the inside and the watermelon ones had a green outside that tasted yeah. like watermelon rind and then the watermelon inside. But the, the green outside actually had, like, black stripes in it, like a real watermelon, and they were yeah. really cool. They were they, they were and probably still are a really complicated candy, you know, as far as taste goes. You can say that, that these guys really wanted me. If you eat a regular jelly bean, they pretty much, except for the licorice ones, they all pretty much taste the same. And then here come Jelly Bellies, and man, they all have these incredible flavors like banana split and, and strawberry shortcake and, and and old Jelly Belly or old Jelly Beans. The bigger Jelly Beans tasted waxier, and the sandy. flavors were cheaper. Yeah. The flavors had like almost <clears throat> like Easter Easter basket Jelly Beans. Oh, I, yeah. I, I ate them and I loved them when I was a kid, but they, the flavors always had a sort of a perfumey sort of, you know, or like a, you know, a floral yeah, essence I, to them that was kind of funky and weird, you know, old, old lady like. <laughs> yeah. And uh, jelly bellies were not. Jelly bellies were just like very strong, distinct, and not very artificial for the most part. I'm sure they were all like weird, you know, alcohol esters that they experimented with, but they got them really close. You know, the buttered popcorn one was was amazing. It was. It t- it tasted like buttered popcorn, <laughs> you know. And I haven't had a Jelly Belly in years. You can find it. I never thought that they hadn't made that. There was a slow crawl to get them out here. They're in the they're in the bulk food section at Wegmans <laughs> here, so it's you know there you can buy just tons of them now. You know there there's a there's a whole like sort of little kiosk of jelly just of just Jelly Bellies in and our bulk food section. It's funny you should have mentioned Pop Rocks. Pop Rocks were tough to get. Oh yeah. Well, both of these like. I had to I had to hide them from my sister because my sister would steal all of them, all the candy and just and like hide it and eat it all. She fo- she found my jelly bellies once 
and instead of stealing them, she just bit them all in half. So I didn't even want them. And then she's like, well, I'll take them. (laughs) Smart thinking. It it was for once. It worked once. (laughs) Well, Pop Rocks, we we had them out here and. Always, they were always around for as long as I could remember. But there was always that story of the kid that put a bunch of pop rocks in his mouth and then drank Mikey from the, up. the yeah, Mikey commercials. Gosh. They would say, and, and then he died. I'm not gonna try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah, he won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. And you know, oh, you could blow up. Uh, uh, seagulls if you gave them some pop rocks or alcohol, I don't know if alcohol or pop rocks, but yeah, it would all blow up. But yeah, we always had pop rocks, and they always they never did much for me. They were just kind of weird, kind of kind of weird. What what I did like, and still on occasion do, uh, sour sour. Do you remember back in the eighties? Did the atomic warhead sour candy? Yes. It mega warheads like I love those anything any of the real sour things and any gummy thing with sour on it I love but these atomic warhead uh, they were I guess I remember there they were hard can round hard candies and you would dare you to put you put this thing in your mouth and you were just going the first layer was almost like pure alum or something like that you know it was basically citric citric vitamin c we we had a bunch of them on us one time at work and a friend of mine her and i we loved them so she always we always had them we had some japanese exchange students on the plane and they were real nice they were giving us these japanese candies that were you know real pretty and said oh here have one of these and they put and and I swear to God, it looked like they had rabies. They were foaming at the mouth and laughing in that way because <laughs> they had never tasted anything so sour in their lives. Do you remember Zots? Zots. Now, Zots were were now, uh, I was thinking, maybe I'm thinking about nerds, which had, they were in a box. Zots were not. Uh, nerds made, nerds, well, well, well. The nerds inside. make my list. The sh- nerds should have made my list because I love nerds. They no, were good. Yeah, I don't need. But tell me by I know Zots. I know the name, and I'm sure that it'll come back to me when you tell me what they are. Zots were were uh they were um well they had Zots just as a like the, a sour ball and Zots as a and Zots pops, which were just a Zots on a stick, but they were uh, they were basically just a very generic um sucker. Until you got to the center of it, and, and then it had some fizzy stuff, yeah, but it was more like foamy fizzy. Yeah. So when you got to the center of it, you start foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog. You would bite it because you couldn't wait for the foamy. Right. Yes, remember, and it would have this powdery stuff that would foam up in your mouth. Oh God, you're absolutely right. That zots, that's a great one. I'm gonna throw one out at you that that I remember, and I'm not even sure if you can get these anymore. How about the candy cigarettes? Oh, yeah, you can. I guess you could still get candy cigarettes. But I remember you used to be able to buy the pack of candy cigarettes that looked like a pack of cigarettes. You take it out and you could actually blow and Mm -hmm. a little thing of, of sugar or something would come out. 
It was like sugar dust. Yeah. Do you think they're still out there, or do you they are still they... out there? I've I've seen them at stores before, so yes, you can still buy them. They're not as as good. That they used to be almost carbon copies of real packs of cigarettes. Yeah. You know, they sometimes they look like Marlboros, sometimes they look like Parliaments and Lucky Strikes and stuff like that. But now they have they're just like candy cigarettes. You know, they don't. That that was probably where the legal aspect of it took over. Yeah. But the, well, I mean, when we used to run our ice cream truck, we used to sell candy. We used to give away the candy cigarettes to bribe the kids to go yell at the other ice cream truck. I don't think I've ever heard your ice cream truck story. Or maybe I, I don't. I, I think I, I've told a couple ice cream truck stories. We'll get to ice cream someday. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will. But let, how about wax bottles? That had the little uh, juice in them. Wax bottles were hard to find. You could they, find wax lips and stuff like lips. that where you just had the wax to chew. But the bottles, I if you could find like, freaked out for those bottles with it because <laughs> that syrup inside. <clears throat> yes, you bite into the wax bottles and they we could get a grape or cherry or lemonade and. Oh, I haven't seen one of those in years, 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 years. I mean, we, I, I think that we, we grew up in. Maybe, I don't know if it's like this for kids now, but whenever a new candy came out, it was like a big deal to try it. I remember when the Whatchamacallit came out. Well, that, that's because we had Saturday morning TV. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a big deal anymore. I, I think we, we grew up in a, in a golden age of candy when you could go out trick-or-treating and you could actually get a decent-sized candy bar, not this ridiculous excuse that my kid brings home of a Snicker bar that looks like about the size of a of a it, – it's so teeny. Well, the, you're, you're, now, you're, now you're bumping into my uh, – you're, you're into my favorite discontinued list because that ooh. reminds me of the Marathon Bar. Remember that? I remember the name, but I – don't it was it was a chocolate chocolate braided it was chocolate and caramel and it was braided and i can't remember how long it was it couldn't have been a foot long but it was probably like eight inches long and the you know it was you, you know it, it, it's like running a marathon to eat this candy bar because it's so long and it was really thin and it was braided and stretched out so it was the size of a normal candy bar and on the back of the pack it actually had a ruler you know, so you could see all the, you know, the eight inches or whatever it was. It might have been 11 inches, I want to say. It was the John Holmes of candy bars. <laughs> John Holmes of candy bars. <laughs> actually, it was more of like the, um, oh, what was what was the, 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 the black guy with the, um, he had a pirate name with the, with the extremely long penis porn star. <laughs> I can't remember, but, Sick. but. Mr. Snickers. It might have been Long Dong Silver. He Long might have been. Long Dong Silver, maybe. That might have been Long Dong. It might be more of the Long Dong Silver of. I'm gonna have to. Bars. Speak Speaking, so, remember the Reggie candy bar? Yes, my father refused being an Oakland A's fan, and Reggie Jackson got his start with the Oakland A's, and then went to the hated New York Yankees. Uh, when you're from California and from Oakland, my father would not let me buy a Reggie bar. I would pick one up at the store and say, hey, could I get this bar? He said, put that bar back. 
go get yourself go get yourself a a a Hershey bar or something. I am not going to buy you a Reggie bar. He's nothing but a traitor. And my father never forgave Reggie Jackson for uh, going to the New York Yankees, and I had never had a Reggie bar. I'd have to sell yeah, a chunk. I didn't care for sports or, at all, and I just got uh, – Reggie bars were delicious, and I think it was supposed to be just like a, a short-term – promotion you know just sort of a cash in sort of thing because he was really famous for that amount of time and it was just supposed to be you know uh you know like c-3po's or something but (laughs) but the you know but the reggie bar was really good and that's the only reason i remember reggie jackson and have fondness for him is his candy bar was awesome and i think it ended up like selling so well that they kept it for a while but it didn't have the like long term of years and years and years because yeah. it just sort of disappeared after a while. It faded away. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the peanut butter and chocolate mixtures like Reese's peanut butter? I love it. Peanut butter cups are on my list of favorites for sure. Uh, if you, and your your all time favorite. Now I know that that we we know that if you are a listener to this network, uh, that you do not really care for american chocolate uh you know it's not the, the you you have a taste for for the exotic and the uh the you've said before ca- the canadian version of candy bars is often much better than than american candy uh but the most popular candy bar on the market it still is it's the hershey bar that sells the most and <clears throat> hershey's chocolate is Interesting, because if you take a Hershey bar to someone in Europe and you have them taste it, they're like, "What is this wax?" <laughs> they no, it's more of a of a sour taste, uh, and that was because you know Hershey's goes back to the time when when it was hard to refrigerate their milk, and oftentimes when they were milk, making the milk chocolate, the milk would start to kind of get funky. But they would still put it in the chocolate anyway because they weren't going to waste that milk. So if you taste a Hershey bar, you can almost taste – I don't want to say funk because I love Hershey chocolate. I mean, but you can taste a little tinge of – it's not sour, but it's a distinct American taste that does not go well in, in Europe. They, they they don't they don't sell uh, if they do do it. That's why European candy bars, often the same candy, a uh, Mars bar will taste completely different in Europe than it will in the United States because they make it with chocolate that doesn't have this Hershey's kind of. Uh, well, I think Mars might it, Mars might be a different company, but but you know what I mean. Any any Hershey product over there is is catered to their tastes. So that was kind of an interesting tidbit that I that I found out. Uh, but for me, candy bar wise, I've had them all. I went through my what's in a call it phase for a long time. Uh, the uh, mounds with with coconut, love it. A lot of people don't like coconut, but I've always liked coconut in candy. But I don't like coconut, but I like mounds. Something about mounds, they're kind of juicy. They have so much coconut in it that the coconut oil sort of squishes out and it's pleasant. I always go back to the Snicker bar. Always, if I'm going to buy a candy bar, which I really don't, but if if I'm going to buy a candy bar, 
I'll always, always, always go back to the Snicker bar. The Three Musketeers kind of bores me. I don't know, just just chocolate and nougat. It it's a little boring to me, but the Snickers to me is the king. To me, it's the king of the candy bars. Now, if you're gonna walk into a store and you had to buy a candy bar today, what are you gonna buy? Butterfinger, most but- likely. Cause it's got the common, it's got the texture. I love the flaky texture of the center of it. It's horrible for my teeth. Yeah, you're picking it out of your teeth forever. But that's also fun, and I, I just, it, it has, it's, it's super sweet, but at the same time, it's got a little bit of that saltiness to it, and I just love it. Like one of my, and and I wish they still had them these days but they and these were great kept in the freezer but butterfinger bb's back in the day were really delicious they were just little tiny chunk little round chunks of butterfinger with chocolate over them oh god that when you said that it made me think of the um of god going back to ice cream but there was a snicker bar ice cream yeah there's oh, Snickers ice cream bars that yes, you can yes. get that are delicious. My um my wife loves the old time like butterscotch that that she would Werther's yeah Werther's yeah. are yeah. delicious. She loves that and she also likes God what is that little licorice? They look like Tic Tacs, but they're licorice and they're covered in pink. And 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 white. And you open the box. Uh, I can't think of it. They're not good in plenties, but they're sort of in the similar box, yeah, yeah, right? I think it, I think they are good in plenties. Good in plenties. Yeah, that's another one of her another one of her favorites. She's allergic to chocolate. She loves chocolate, so her candy when she when she eats it has to go toward the non-chocolate varieties of stuff. Uh, Werther's butterscotch and good in plenties, which I don't really like. I never acquired a taste for. For licorice, I've had salted licorice that you can get in um, in other countries, and it was just horrid to me. And I'll eat anything, but the salty, salty licorice you can buy just doesn't do it for me at all. There are, li- uh, uh, you know, what another thing I might buy, you know, another like the tie for Butterfingers would be malted milk balls. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Those are another one that aren't too sweet. They have a center that's kind of like less sweet and and interesting malty it's delicious yeah malt malted milk i hadn't thought about those in years but yeah it's and i never really cared for the i have my friend lee his favorite candy are those and i i kid him about it all the time but he loves them those they look like orange slices and they're all it's the type of shit your grandmother would buy you know and and they look like orange slices, like you had cut an orange in half, and they're sugary and 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 they're just like jelly. They they're and, like jelly and gummy mixed yeah. together, though. Oh, I don't yeah. Know how the hell anyone could eat those? But he loves them. Anytime he can get his hands on them, he loves that stuff. He's that's old timey, old timey candy. I I like those too. I haven't eaten those in I haven't seen those or eaten those in years though. Like since my grandparents were around. Yeah, like ribbon candy. Yes, yes. 
stuff. My like grandmother that. always had ribbon candy hanging Air, around. Had ribbon candy stuck together on the dish out there. Ribbon candy and those and those little strawberry. They were the they were strawberry candies that the wrapper looked like a strawberry with little grease yes. top. You'd take it off and you would wind up sucking on those for hours. Yep, and and my grandmother would have them in a candy dish on the table always that you can find all candy dishes at garage sale all over the place and i'm sure um, my wife even has a couple of candy dishes the only thing that she puts out in a candy dish is every halloween she goes crazy for um candy corn candy corn stays on a candy dish here from from uh halloween until well after uh thanksgiving uh, we yeah, always, candy corn doesn't do it for me. Yeah, it doesn't. She 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 notices that she now they all they they have honey flavoring and she says they're not as good as they used to be. But speaking of um, flavorings and sugars, uh, I think it's time for us to wander into our uh, herder's corner. Yeah, I know, boy. This one, this I one went by thinking, fast. We could yeah, do another candy episode. And... Oh my God! I was thinking, like, well, are we going to find anything uh, that George Leonard Herder is going to have to say about candy or a recipe for candy? And sure enough, he does. And in this time, uh, in this age of, you know, uh, high fructose corn syrup, and everyone is against it. Well, guess who is for high fructose corn syrup? Mr. Herder. I don't, I, you know, it makes me wonder if corn is like a uh, one of the big crops from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> you right. totally see that. Uh, and, and he actually puts down that corn syrup mixed with sugar helps to control the bad crystallization of sugar in candy making. Inert sugar should be used to make candy. And I had to look it up. And inert sugar is basically a high fructose corn syrup. It's a it's a it's a syrup. Inert sugar should be used to make candy, such as fudge, fondant, butterscotch. Regular sugar crystallizes and spoils such candy. Cream of tartar, corn syrup, and chocolate help regular sugar from crystallizing badly. A very bad fault of sugar is that it destroys the natural flavors uh, by smothering them with sweetness, making it impossible for you to taste the true flavor. So he was a man ahead of his time because now you know every company uses high fructose corn syrup, and that led me on another search to find something somewhere that Herder could could I could make. And what I did find was something that he called Manhattan apricots. Now, Manhattan apricots are another strictly Times Square candy, meaning that they are great. They are a great taste treat. To make them, buy a pound of dried apricots and make sure that they are as fresh as possible. They must be soft and flexible. Make a solution to cover the apricots of one-third sugar, two-thirds water, add one level tablespoon of good rum flavoring to the solution, or four level tablespoons of rum. Well, I guess you can probably guess what I'd use. I know which route you took, yeah. 
overproof um, Jamaican rum. Uh, let the apricots stand in the solution for 24 hours until they swell up and double in thickness. Remove, put on a plate, and drain. When dry on the outside, they are ready to eat. Use the leftover syrup on pancakes or waffles. At some shops, they call these Australian apricots. And I looked up Australian apricots and I couldn't find shit on Australian apricots. And he, uh, this book was written, you know, in the 60s, and he has a, you know, Times Square itself is a tiny triangular park about a block long in a canyon of skyscrapers. The area is like a dirty midway at a county fair. <laughs> Restaurants, girl entertainment establishments, and stands clutter it up, and at one end, the Taft Hotel is the action place for prostitutes. So you can imagine that if, when George Leonard Herter, if he could see Times Square today, what he would think about the changes in Times Square, because he was there at the height of what we talk about on this, on the our other half of this show, of Times Square. But needless to say, I went ahead and I did make the bullshit Manhattan apricots, which, <laughs> which I doubt. Well, you don't think. You don't I, think uh, they really sold those in Times Square? Come I, on. I looked. I did as much research as I could, but I, I was sitting here in front of a jar. I didn't have. I didn't drain them, but they are apricots that are in that solution. And this is the first time I'm going to try one. This is a hundred proof rum that I use. So here, see if we can get a. Oh. That's a hit. They're good. They are really good. They're not as boozy as I would have thought because I would have thought that that, but I guess that when you mix the booze with the sugar and yeah. dried apricots are pretty, um, have a lot of flavor themselves. But yeah, this is, these are really good. I bet the sugar, the syrup would definitely be good on pancakes or anything, but, but another, Another hit from uh, Herder Corner. Another good recipe, and I like them. I like eating them apricots like this better than I do eating them dry because you can get snockered. Because these are well, really... there's there's only what four whole tablespoons of. <laughs> I had I had a little bit of the shakes when I added the rum. I mean that's that's come on four tablespoons. We got to do a little more than that. But <laughs> but there. They're good. They are definitely good. So if you're gonna try something, do do this one. But I, I guarantee you, don't go looking up Manhattan apricots because they don't exist. No. <laughs> only in only in uh, right now, probably only in Dario's belly do they exist. Yeah, and and they're gonna be here. I'll take them to uh, to the alley tomorrow, and I'll bet they won't be around for very long. Yeah, it's good vitamin C, I'm sure. And with that said, that, that would be the, uh, I think we hit the, uh, just the tip of the iceberg on candy. We definitely have to revisit candy or chocolate or sugar or diabetes or something along that line. In yeah, the- no, we definitely, we could, uh, like, I still have, I still have enough notes to do a whole other episode on just candy bars. So, well, and speaking of the tip of the iceberg and <laughs> swollen apricots. What, what is that going on in the green room over there? What, what are those dudes pressing against the glass? Is that? Uh, yeah. 
I don't know. What's that motorboat sound? <laughs> yeah, I do hear a motorboat sound. My, my God, it looks like a scene from Midnight Express. I'm going to have to just, go check that out. Yeah. I'm going to have to go and, and uh, I'm going to grab my apricots, if you don't mind, and uh, sachet and uh, <clears throat> let these guys out and, and get some. You got some Windex handy because I think I'm going to have to wash that window down. Uh, I think you're going to need more than Windex. <laughs> If you take the floor, I'll take the window. <laughs> it's a deal. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. It is I, the wacky and whimsical Willy Wanker, founder of Willy Wanker's Stup Delicious Candy Imaginasium. Are you a grown-up with the heart of a child who's sick of fighting sweaty, germ-ridden children just to get your butterfingers on some sweet treats? Looking for items that will satisfy your sweet tooth and your adult needs? Well, buzz on into the Imaginasium and we will fill all your sugar holes. Check out these deals. Baby batter ice cream, $8.50 a tub. Gummy G-strings, sour or regular, all flavors, $2.99. Sour Patch over 18 kids, $6 a sack. Charms Blow Pops, 79 cents. Mounds Bars, a buck a pair. The Werther's Butterscotch Lollycock with up to four prongs. Prices vary. And of course, our mainstay, Willie Winker's own everlasting knob slobber. There's a bit of Willie in every bite. So, drop on in and bring your imagination. And money, bring your money. <laughs> Toodaloo and ta-ta. Willy Wanker Stupdelicious Candy Imaginasium's newest magical outlet is in the former photomat booth in the Demonzaville Strip Mall East, off Blind Lumberjack Hill Road. See you there. Hello and welcome to the second part of our show, Beat It. I am Buddy Bazooms. And I am here with Humongous. And size does matter, no matter De- what anyone tells you. Size Definitely in this does. this edition, it does. It does. And I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and bring us in. Who did we decide to profile on this month's show? Well, seeing as how we have a little theme going on here, we're talking about one of the queens of gigundous boobs with balconies you could read Shakespeare from this candy samples my god I don't know how we went so long without profiling candy samples uh, I we, I know that we might have mentioned her or might have mentioned other I'm sure her name came up during the the Jugs episode. Russ Myers episode, but... And Russ Myers. Yeah, I mean, here was... When you look at candy samples, (laughs) you look at candy samples, she was probably... She came in during the beginning... Would you say she came in during the beginning of what you would call modern uh, erotic film? Wouldn't, yeah, you... she came. She came in. She was entering the the field. It's like it sounds like you know, when the when it was just morphing from you know guy with a camera taking nude pictures and and into like 
early porn movies and early nudie, like nudist camp movies and stuff, that sort of era. Yeah, and it brought me into the um, catfight videos of movies, which I really liked. You can find one of uh, uh, Candy Samples' early, uh, videos uh, under uh, YouTube under the Muse of Russ Myers, and you could see a catfight video with Candy. And she's laughing, and the other girls are laughing. It's not really a cat fight, but they're wrestling around. And this is, with stuff like that, would you say that those were probably what, what some, a lot of stag films might have been about? I think so. Um, but at the same time, it might have been, that was sort of a, a niche fetish thing, but it must have been a very popular one if they were making them, you know. Because it wasn't like the internet today where you could make every little fetish and people find it. That must have been... In order for you to make it into a movie and make copies of it and distribute it, it must have been a very... uh, Just a very popular thing for people to watch, you know? Yeah. And candy samples... Finding information about candy samples was about as difficult as finding information on the Manhattan apricot because you you couldn't get a a decent bio on her anywhere until Isn't that weird? I thought it was going to be so I easy. It was going to be easy, but I stumbled across uh, the Rialto report, which is which is a great website and a great source of information uh and April Hall uh does the podcast and she well she, you know, the first thing you had to find out was that, believe it or not, her real name wasn't Candy Samples. She had, really? No, yo, no, no, no. She was not Candy Samples. She went by a lot of different names in her earlier films of uh, Vivian Anderson, Mary Gavin, uh, all kinds of different names. And it was it was tough to find out who what her real name was. Well, April Hall is the uh, is the voice of the Rialto report. And I listened to, to uh, the whole interview and she actually, you know, they found out, they, they found her. She had disappeared in after in the nineties, she was working up until the nineties uh, doing, uh, she was writing a column for jugs magazine and doing a few little uh, promotional gigs here, but then she just disappeared. Now, most of the websites you're going to find, are going to say that she was born in 1940. And that would be correct. That would make her about 30 years old when she started modeling in the 60s and maybe 50 years old uh, when she quit around the... uh, Actually, she quit in the 80s, not the 90s. Uh, But that's not correct. She was not born in 1940. She was born in 1928. So that puts her at 40 years old when she started modeling. And when she stopped making movies, she was in her 60s, which is and which is amazing to me because she got into this gig late and was around for a long, long time. She definitely had staying power. Well, I think she was possessed of just, or she hit the genetic lottery. She's one of those people. Yeah. Uh, well, because who, because she's in her 90s now. 
Well, her real name turns out uh, was Patsy Ruth. And she was born in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska in 1928. And so all the little leads that they said her name was Mary Samples and, and nothing, nothing. And this is and most of the websites that I found it said she was born in 1940. But the Rialto Report came out and the specific podcast that we listened to uh, was done in 2015. And at that time when, they, when she had found her, she had a little bit of she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia. And so I, it was a difficult it wasn't as it was kind of hard to listen to. I mean, she she sounds she had she had specific memories of you could tell it was heavily edited. Yeah, it was. They had to really edit it to make it keep together, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's sad because I would have liked I would have loved to have heard her story. What we know about her was she was born in a, a home for uh, wayward women. Uh, she had a son that died tragically in a car accident. So she, from the interview, she sounded genuinely, genuinely nice. But it's a shame. Uh, there are reports, you know, in people knew her back in the day and and she had a beautiful house in Hollywood and there was a big picture of her boobs above the mantle and people would look at it judgmentally and she would walk over and say, you know what, it's because of those babies that I'm living the life I'm living now and I've got everything that I have now. So, you know, fuck you. But when did you first uh, come across Candy? What's your what's your what? So to speak. Yeah. So to, so to speak. Uh, when did well, you your first? I mean, in the 80s was when I would I like. I don't remember seeing any porn movies with her in them in the 80s, but that was because, you know, I don't think we ever went and picked out. There was one kid who was braver than the rest of us for saying, hey, let me look through the porn movies. And I don't think maybe he was interested in big boobs because we never really had any big boob movies. But she was in all the porno magazines. Yeah, she was she was she was regularly turning up. And I, as a kid, found her not very attractive because she looked older and I was never a fan of big boobs. And I mean, and she has giant, you know, it was almost like I thought, like, okay, here's a person who's who's attractive in a fit and healthy way. You know, she was you could tell she was just in good shape. A woman but she wasn't like classically beautiful and the the thing about her was she had freakishly large breasts so it was always like okay look at those gigantic breasts and they're real you know that's that's amazing but i never like was like oh she's really you know really really hot but yeah. I, I mean i just remember her pictures being everywhere in the 80s oh yeah i mean i probably tow truck driver magazines and and uh and for a lot of people big boobs are the thing so i mean yeah uh shit without them i don't know if she would have you know if she would have made it and i I couldn't find any early still pictures uh but what she said is true she she was amazonian and and fit and I, I know we keep going back to this, but my God, she just had the biggest breast that I've ever seen. And I remember uh, 
you had seeing her uh, a brief appearance in Up, Russ Meyer's film that you requested mm-hmm. that I see, which I thought was hilarious. It's one of my favorite Russ Meyer movies, and she pretty much just juggles around in Russ Meyer's fast, uh, fashion. He must have uh, been crazy, crazy about her, you know. And I, I have never seen uh, Beyond uh, Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens. I'm saving that one because I, I want to get back to uh, it's good to again <laughs> sometime. But I did watch Flesh Gordon the other day, and she had a bit, uh, a small part in Flesh Gordon, but which was a surprisingly good movie. I, yeah, I, no, it's better than uh, it really should be. It's 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 a fond tribute to the original Flash Gordon movies. And I they, mean, it, it copies some of the special effects of the original Flash Gordon serials it, almost perfectly. It, it does. And I love the Star Wars-like scroll at the beginning where he's telling, you know, hey, all you comic book people, I don't want to offend you. Please don't get mad about that. This, this film is made in as a tribute to you, you know, for all your hard work, and then all of a sudden, this 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 penis spaceship is is flying across the screen. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she first got into uh, hardcore uh, in the early seventies. Uh, she she held off for a long time. Uh, she loved she she had found her niche doing her her photo shoots and her cheesecake pictures and and stuff like that. And that's when she began, was in the 70s, and uh, all the way up until the early 80s, she was, uh, she was, she was doing movies and uh, all kinds of appearances. And then, like I said, she disappeared. But what performances do you remember her from specifically that, that step out in your mind? Well, the Russ Meyer and, yeah. the, and, the, um, and Flesh Gordon... Of, of course, I've seen Flash Gordon many, many times. But uh, um, it was funny. I hadn't really seen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I know I'd seen. I remember seeing a porn movie that was set in a drive-in. That was a porno drive-in, and she was the projectionist. And I remember that. I remember seeing that, like in the '80s. And, you know, her taking her shirt off and, and feeling her gigantic breasts and being just sort of like, ew. <laughs> but um, in researching the show, like, I found one video, like, I was like, okay, let's watch this one. And it was sort of a, uh, a clip one where they it had John Holmes in it and yeah. stuff. And it was sort of typical of a lot of her work, whereas... I don't think she it's hard to find some of her doing like um, straight out sex, you know, yeah. penetration with a penis. It doesn't seem to happen much. I think she was a little bit not uptight, but she limited what she would do sometimes. So you can see air like I think if you see her having like set like actual sex in the movie, it's like those might have been the time periods where she needed m- <coughs> money more, you know, or yeah. It actually said, you know, Candy admitted it was very, very late when she started having actual sex. Right. That she was 28 before she even discovered oral sex. 
so says the interwebs, but we know how uh, how wrong that can be. But but yeah, if you're gonna cast her in a movie, you had to you had to do it in a movie that like Russ Myers. You couldn't put her in anything else because she would definitely steal the show with 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 those. And and do you know what her her her? Well, that's why you put her in with John Holmes. Yeah, you know? exactly. But and she was uh, she's uh, was a forty eight double D. Now I don't know much about uh, sizes because I, if I was lucky enough to even see a bra, I was lucky. But a forty eight. Dear God, that's like before Alaska right. and I joined the union. I mean, we're well, talking good. Well, when I was God. doing my research, I figured, ah, you know, where's the first place you're going to go to get some facts on candy samples? Wikipedia, right? Yep. I didn't find a Wikipedia page, I but I did find Boobpedia. Yeah. Did you happen to stumble across her boobpedia? I did not. What did you find on it is It is the wiki for big boob lovers. Oh my god. How, how do I and not? It is pretty much it? it's pretty much the greatest um largest um you know, it has all her movies in it and it's 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 laid out exactly like Wikipedia. Um but um okay, so I mean, it's uh it's got her, her, you know, it's and it's got her down as April twelfth, nineteen twenty-eight, as as date of birth. Really. Um, measurements, um, forty-eight, twenty-six, thirty-six. Wow. Bra cup size F, same as double E cup. Height five feet three inches. Not wow, okay. Not. And weight one hundred and twenty-five pounds. You know. And then it says body type average <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be tough i mean the genetic gene pool lottery that she won if she was going to be in these movies and making her living the way she did uh later on in life when, when she did the interview that we listened that I listened to, uh, she was 87, and that was 2015. I'm not even sure if she is still alive. I couldn't find any According to this, she still is. She still is. She must be in really bad shape mentally uh, because she had gotten a boob job, uh, and they had taken uh, reduction surgery. And when asked why, when did you get it? And she just said when she started <laughs> bending over because she couldn't, she couldn't get up. I mean, they were just huge. It must yeah, I'm sure they would cause back problems. I'm sure they've caused <laughs> yeah. back, I've you had... know, ailments for her whole life, you know. And some of the people that she had sex with, I'm sure they caused some back problems as well. I, I've had friends of mine that have had breast reduction surgery. And the main reason that they said they that they did it was because it is hard on your back carrying yep. those things around and and good god they are here i go back to the boob uh, her trademark was she didn't even need to do hardcore sex because she could push her boobs together and it basically looked like a butt and that every scene that i can't tell you how many scenes i saw clips of of her just getting banged in the boob and 
if you didn't know any better, you would say that that was just an ass or something, you know? Yep. It was huge. I think that was her trademark. Well, um, it's like they had that one, the, the one movie we watched with her and John Holmes. Yeah. And they had like them where he's just sort of playing around with her and they're talking, they're a couple and they're talking about, we're going to go to this party. He's like, I'm going to bang the blonde and <laughs> while well, you can watch and stuff like that. And that's, uh, and so they set up that whole porn and she was just sort of like window dressing that they added to the whole thing. It's like they had all the other porn actors and actresses do it, having all their sex. And it's like candy samples would be on the like outskirts with her boobs out. And I think she blew somebody like towards yeah. the end of it or something like that. Or That's it. yeah, you just, you just had to bring, <laughs> you had to bring her in like a show pony and, and yeah, you, you had your film. I mean, well, I what, think the whole reason she's so low key is because when when they were doing the interview with her, she's like, I've never seen the magazines or the movies that I've been in. You know, I just did them to get the money and stuff like that. And she said at the you know, when they were talking about her family, she's like, I never had a family. You know, my family was bad and I, I grew up alone. And she just sort of went through life alone. And it seems like she's had a succession of husbands slash managers yeah. that didn't turn out well. And, you know, so and so she had no interest of, of like, you know, mo most porn starlets will get themselves a website. And she had ways of getting, you know, she had yeah. a column for, but I don't think she really had any sort of urge to self-promote and so she just never did and nobody ever did for her. And when they did, they would run off with the money and the website would close down or something, you know. I so mean, by the time she got out of the business, nobody was going to find her because she wasn't like, you know, I mean, any, any, any porn star can maintain a website, you know, beyond their death and people will come to it and look at it or whatever. But I don't think she was interested in it. And it found, sounds like she finally you know, hooked up with somebody who, you know, before she was had Alzheimer's, who was actually interested in taking care of her. Yeah. And she sounded very, very happy. You know, she was she she was definitely in those that stage of all, you know, that mid stage of Alzheimer's where you could still be coherent. But there were times where she would just frankly go like, I don't remember anything yeah. about it, that. It was sad. You know? in, that and they would. And then and then the interviewer would just say, well, you look very beautiful. And she'd be like, well, thank you. And you could just go on yeah. after that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and when, when she couldn't remember her son's name and stuff, I'm going, wow, I, I, this is this is this can be tough to listen to. But you're right. She did sound. Oh, it was tough. She, and then she was saying, I blame my son. Her, my son died in a car accident. Yeah. And I think that's my fault. And, yeah. you know, which is how which is something you know maybe somebody wouldn't be saying if they were didn't have alzheimer's either so that was a little weird yeah i i, I think there was drugs involved and this and that yep. but yeah it well, was who it knows was, she might have been no drugs at all because she's also like exercising and like the woman was like you still have pecs you know yeah she so, did and that comes back full circle that she didn't need to do all of that hardcore uh sex because she just had those boobs and that's and she was and it, it, yeah on on this on boobpedia they list as one of her skills boobpedia. Um, she was a booby dancer 
which means she could hold her arms up and flex the muscles of her, over her boobs and make each boob move up and down independent wow. of each other. Wow. I mean, so. here was a woman that she retired. She was old. I mean, she started off doing those cheesecake pictures, like we said. Then she was probably in the stag films, Foxy Boxing or wrestling, and then got into the pen, into the dirty magazines, in the 70s and 80s. And then she started to do the movies, you know, and then faded slowly. I, I, I wonder if Flesh Gordon was, was one of her, her last appearances. I think she did one last Russ Myers movie appearance uh, sometime in the late 80s. I'm not sure. But then she faded away. And, you know, they, 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 apparently she had married an ex-cop who was very, very possessive and didn't want anyone to, to know about her and her past. Uh, but yeah, she had been, she was around a long, long, long time. And Russ Myers, I'm sure would have, you know, she's probably the divine of Russ Myers. To well, have, you know, I mean, I guess she was really good friends with Ushi Degard. Yes. They had mentioned who's also that. a Russ Meyer regular. So yeah, you know. She seems like the personality of a lot of the women that you would hear talking about. And you can hear her when they mention, when you mention, no, she didn't bring up Russ Meyer, but she would bring up other photographers and stuff. And you could tell when they brought up somebody that she really liked, she would brighten right up and go, oh, that guy, he was really good to all the models and stuff. And then all of a sudden the mem- she would be perfectly lucid in her memories of that person yeah and then like john Holmes, she's like i have you know i remember i think i i might have worked with with him i yeah he's you know i remember that name you know sort yeah. of thing it, and and uh, she did remember some she didn't the interviewer didn't get into a lot of what we probably wanted to hear but she got into enough that that she had you found out she had the staying power man she she was around and she didn't have any problem doing it i mean it was no just it sounds basic. like once she made the decision to do it she was pretty free about because when she'd see the pictures of herself she'd be just like oh look at me i'm looking naughty in that one Ooh, <laughs> i'm being bad there you know so yeah. you know she's a she's a bad little girl <laughs> but, she but she's does. she's she's comfortable with it. You know, she's actually not a bad, you know, she, it sounds like she had very Puritan, you know, upbringing, which you would, if you were born in 1928, no matter what, you know, society, you know, she was brought up in that society. So, and religious. So what, you know, and by the time she started becoming liberated, she was, you know, a full grown, she was, you know, in her 30s, 40s, 50s, it was that process was going on. I mean, so, nice. you know, once she hit the point where she's like, I'm happy with it, she's happy with it. And it sounds like she could give a shit whether anybody else cares or not. Yeah. You know? No. And, and uh, this, her story is, is one that happens to a lot of uh, porn stars. She it sounded like that she was living with a friend that was taking care of her during this Alzheimer, uh, 
onset that she had gotten and who knows what her what her financial um you know status was she might have had nothing and it sounds like she had a string of guys that that took everything from her that just know? would yeah bad choices bad choices so few of the people that we um that we go into have you know wonderful fairy tale endings uh but definitely i i did enjoy the hunt of trying to find out stuff about her i think that was uh that's what made it interesting she she burned bright for a long time and then boom if she had just well, that's the thing is i remember seeing so much of her that time period that i figured you know i mean fans are fans they're obsessive but porn fans are even more obsessive so you're you know i was just sitting pretty confident thinking ah you know her every every aspect of her life is you know is documented i'll go i'll be able to go on youtube and find interviews with her and it turns out i go to youtube and there's a drag queen samples. so all i found were videos of the drag queen candy samples which is much different than oh yeah it's that's another show yeah that's a totally different thing i don't know if she ever did porn though so i don't know (laughs) she 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 was just about what if she retired in the 80s late 80s maybe early 90s she was just about six or seven years short of the internet you know starting up and she just might have missed that window or if she could have just found somebody that could have done her right through through a good you know a good website Uh, but maybe she was done maybe she didn't want to do it anymore maybe her husband said no and because she still had that background that puritan as you put it background in her if her husband said no you're done doing this shit you're done because she could have easily have done the circuit of the these porn conventions for years but apparently she she didn't she didn't do that and uh, like let's take stormy daniels okay Uh, was was the one i didn't mean stormy daniel i that was a mistake I i meant to say tempest storm she worked it up and I mean I had I had her on a flight and she was still going out doing she was in a wheelchair and she was going to some she was going to Switzerland or something to to, to have yeah well she's like the next generation you know she's a you know by 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 that time women have gained a lot you know I mean that's the thing and and through through the and by the in even though she was doing stuff in the 80s and maybe early 90s where there were women becoming empowered in porn she probably wasn't on that network you know she was probably still in her old network which was you found a guy who was a photographer a guy who would manage you or you know it wasn't as much as women now are just like i'll manage myself and then or i'll manage other women and she was just stuff like that in a weird niche i mean tempest storm uh, Tempest Storm, you know, she uh, she was the one that, that was still going around in the wheelchair. Uh, she was not porn. She was burlesque, you know, but she was older than Candy Samples, and she was still she had her wits about her, and she was still flying around making appearances, and she signed the uh, She I was reading a Russ Meyer's book, and she signed it for me, and her picture was in there, and 
And it was, uh, it was, it, she still had it. She was still out there making money. And it's sad that someone like uh, Candy Samples didn't, couldn't take that route. And maybe... well, it sounds like, it sounds like generally she seems to be, she seems to be very happy with her life. It sounds like she had, I mean, she had the tragedy of her son and her first husband. And, uh, but it sounds like she's one of those positive people, you know? Yeah. Who you're just, you know, I'm sure she has bad parts of her life, but you're never going to really sort of, even even if, when she's sort of in the throes of Alzheimer's, she's just sort of, you know, the woman was in the podcast said she like was sitting on the couch like a teenager would, you know? Yeah, like... Sort of with her legs up underneath her on the couch, just sort of like a active... T- and dressed all... Dressed up and... And made up and... And, you know, and she was like, oh, what what's this outfit you wear? And she's like, I like bright colors and blah, blah, blah. And I'll bet you she was just generally like that. It sound, to, to me, she seems to have one of the more successful... Like she didn't get to, you know, it's sad that she had Alzheimer's, but she, you know, it's, but also like Alzheimer's a lot of times comes with like having a really long lifespan because you're healthy, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so she's, she's going into her nineties and her, she's still physically healthy. Her mind isn't, isn't there, but at the same time, it doesn't sound like you know and who knows how it could be you know a few a few years later but um at, at this point when we were hearing the interview you know she was couldn't remember stuff and was confused about other stuff but she wasn't you know angry or 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 out of sorts about it she would just sort of roll with it and keep going and just generally like was enjoying having a conversation with somebody yeah she's, i think she was happy to be found happy to be uh, that someone had went through the trouble. Get some attention, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, candy samples. Uh, it was it was a fun a fun person to look up. A little challenging, uh, but a a definitely a mega star in the industry would probably. Is there anyone else out there that had more staying power than 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 she did? It's hard to say. I don't know. You know. It, I, I can think of some that are and and I just can never and remember this woman's name but there there's there's one I saw her on a talk show the other day and you and um, a, a, a couple of them from the 80s that are still sort of or they've become sex therapists and stuff and are still very outspoken and and outward but then you factor in 1928 and oh, no <laughs> she probably does have the most staying power and and getting started in the industry as late in life as as for for this industry as she did is is a pretty remarkable story yes and then having her career go and and her career wasn't about her being like an older woman no she was just she was always just was just that that woman that you you hoped your mom's best friend would look like Right, as they, as they put it on the podcast, like he has a good line that you kind of hoped your mom had a dirty little friend that looked like that. My mom never did, however. But one can always dream. The odds of anybody's mom having a 
a friend that looks like candy samples is pretty slim, but it <laughs> has to be someone. Out it's there. probably a good. It's probably a good thing in general, but if anyone out there listening has a mom that looks like a friend of, uh, looks like uh, has a friend that looks like candy samples, let us know. We'd love. Or to Or anybody out there has a mom that looks like candy samples. Anyone out there <laughs> looks like not? candy samples, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love First. to hear from your mom, too. <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? Life is like a box of chocolates. I, I had to throw that in there. Ooh, well. I had to throw that in there. Well. <laughs> Thanks, that in there. Yeah, I had to get in there somewhere. But So that's candy samples. And uh, and I and I think we had a, a pretty good little uh, tie-in this month. And uh, as for what we're going to do in months in months to come or next month we're just not going to tell you because it's you might think that we don't know yet but no no we've got all these things planned out oh it's all planned out but or, that's not for you to know or it could be the manhattan apricots talking i'm not sure but um <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to figure that out in the next time we get together and uh yep so and uh, we're not through with candy or boobies yet oh so no worry. yep remember sleep on your back fellas All right. It's a rainy afternoon, 1990. In a big city. Jeez, it's been 20 years. Candy. You were so fine. Our website at two true freaks.com. Two true freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. You can email two true freaks directly at two true freaks at gmail.com. Two true freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. 
Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, Two True, True Freaks. clear as crystal you stole fizzy lifting drinks you bumped into the ceiling which now has to be washed and sterilized so you get nothing you lose good day sir